This is um, Advanced Basic Theory 1 Unit 4, Part 11, A, B, I guess, because it's the second half. So um, let's see here. So very similar presentation to the one you've seen before. Right, you guys are all set? So you have a 68-year-old male complaining of retrosternal chest pressure, 4 out of 10, that started 30 minutes ago while at rest. It's non-radiating, mild shortness of breath, pale, cool, diaphoretic, drowsy, but oriented times three. What's the rhythm and the rate? Sinus bradycardia and the rate is? Can you hear me Sure. Yeah, write it down. I've got it on video in Blackboard, right? So 300, 150, 100, 75, 60, 50, 43, 37, 33, 30. 29? 43. 43. 43. 37. 33. 30. 28. Yep. 25, I think. Love that encrustment? Yeah. Yeah. That's a good little 30. It's really slow. It's really slow. Yeah. When you see one QRS in here. All right. So sinus bratty, about 30, roughly. <laughs> Respiration is 20, chest is clear, BP is 86 on 40, SP2 is 98%. So uh, we're going to start a line on this guy. O2, yes or no? No. Nah. And um, first line treatment? Fluids. So let's not worry about atropine, let's give him fluids. And if he doesn't respond to fluids, then we'll give him uh, atropine. But yeah, fluids. Um, and. Um, um, ASA, sure, yep, absolutely. I feel like, I always feel like the thing I'm going to get most in trouble for is forgetting to give ASA or not giving ASA to a patient. So or I don't giving know. ibuprofen incorrectly? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did I, did I tell you about this lady? I, I had an asthmatic who was having cardiac ischemic type chest pain and um, I said, um, uh, have you ever taken aspirin before? And she said, yeah. And I said, any problems with aspirin? She said, no. And uh, so I said, okay, I'm gonna give you some aspirin and chew it and swallow it, and she did that. We got to the hospital and the nurse said, have you ever taken ASA before? She said, I can't take ASA, it'll kill me. I'm an asthmatic, I'm not supposed to take ASA. <laughs> so <laughs> after, the, after that, <laughs> After that, I kept a, a sheet on a roll this long with a list of all the NSAIDs. Ma'am, do you have any trouble with the following? <laughs> ASA, aspirin. <laughs> okay, yeah, so fluids, then maybe atropine. All right, here's a tricky one. Um, like if you get their pressure up, you can do more, like, as well. 
Yeah. Oh, because they're hypotensive? If you get the pressure up, you can give them more than Well, <laughs> yeah, that's probably true. Honestly, honestly, if I, I wouldn't worry too much about uh, treating this guy with morphine. Um, I mean, I'm compassionate as the next guy when it comes to pain management, but uh, I wouldn't worry too much about it. Um, you know, when you you know, put it into context, when you're dealing with a hypotensive patient, the the risk benefit ratio for anything that causes hypotension sort of. Um, you know, shifts to the higher, higher end of the risk side than the benefit side. So, <coughs> yeah. For the one before this, how, how much fluid are you giving before you're considering atrophy? So, well, you've got. If you just go by the hypotensive protocol, you've got a 20 cc per kilo bolus option. Um, I think if if you don't achieve a reasonable blood pressure like a 90 or so with with 10 cc's per kilo uh, then I would um, give a shot of atropine but you got some flexibility there I don't think anyone would criticize you for giving uh, 20 cc's per kilo but I you know with any cardiac patient I'm a little more cautious with the fluids and I would go with a 10 cc per kilo bolus and give it over 20 minutes and, um, and at that point you know consider atropine but like as Tom said, most most of you will be in hospital by the time you get to thinking about atropine. But if you haven't given that, what, what would Tom do? I don't think that's the right. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so um, you got a 74-year-old female's pale, cool diaphoretic, complaining of burning pain in the epigastric region. Neurologically, she's alert, oriented, times three. This rhythm's a little bit tricky, you might find, uh, or you might not. Uh, what's the rhythm and rate? Yeah, it's a second degree type two, and the rate is? Let's see, 300, 150, 175, 60, 50, 43, 37, 33. Yeah, maybe 33, 34, around there. Second, we have block type two, good. Now, if you didn't get that, let me explain. So this is actually a wide QRS. But you might ask yourself, well, how do I know it's a wide QRS? Well, it goes from, from about here to here. But how do you know that is the QRS? Well, here's how you know that's the QRS. Assuming this is the QRS, you should have a P wave before it, which we do, and we should have a T wave afterwards, which we do. And if that's the P wave and that's the T wave, then therefore this whole thing from here to here must be the QRS. That's how you know that's a QRS. Now, I know this only because this was my patient and in the other leads, the QRS looked more like this. Well, we don't know. You'd have to see a 12 lead ECG, right? You have to see it. Is that what that really like? Is that one more? 12 lead. You've got to see a 12 lead. Yeah, you can't, you can't make the interpretation based on this rhythm. So, so this is a second degree AV block type 2 uh, with a slow heart rate. Good. And uh, BP is 144 on 90. Uh, tre treatment? So ASA, IV, 
Nitro? Fluids? No. Atropine? No. Yeah, blood pressure is good, so there's no need to, right? Um, but, you know, be prepared. Be prepared, right, to treat. Okay. This is, uh, this is an actual patient. This is a, a PCP crew had this guy. 47-year-old male, had a near syncopal episode uh, while sitting in a church, complaining of lightheadedness and becomes uh, catatonic briefly, 10 seconds or so in your presence, neurologically alert and oriented. What's the rhythm? That's a sinus arrest or a sinus pause. Yeah, the same thing. Sinus arrest, sinus pause. Good, yeah. So, so there's uh, the characteristic of, characteristics of a sinus pause is that there's at least uh, two cycles dropped and the next beat falls out of sequence. Now, as it turns out, the underlying rhythm is irregular to begin with, so it's hard to gauge, but um, the only two things that look alike, there's a sinus pause or sinus rest, same thing, or a sinus exit block. I've never seen a sinus exit block in my life. In my workbook, I drew one because I'd never seen one. And a sinus exit block has a single beat dropped and the next one falls exactly into sequence. So if you ever see a pause like this, 99.9% .9 chance it's a sinus arrest or sinus pause. Those are the same thing, same terminology. Um, and what's the risk with a patient like this? Yeah, staying in the pause. Yeah, <laughs> staying. Yeah, going asystolic and staying asystolic. That's the risk. These patients usually have six sinus syndromes, so they have a diseased SAO doesn't fire properly, and they have bradycardias and tachycardias, and they sometimes have sinus arrest. And the risk is they they go asystolic. This guy, I'm going to show you his. All right, this is a. Um, This is a 38-year-old male complaining of 8 out of 10 chest pressure with uh, pain radiating to the jaw. He's also lightheaded with nausea vomiting, onset while jogging on a treadmill, oriented to person, um, oriented to person place, and time. Uh, what's the rate and rhythm here? Junctional. It's junctional, yeah. Inverted P wave, short PR. <laughs> you know I love you know I love about paramedics. Paramedics just don't take shit from anyone. That's <laughs> so if do you see how the QRS the first one, or do you just find one that's on a line? I just find one that's on or close to it. Yeah. So this one's on it, right? So. Is that right? 32 and 38 is a little bit of a gap. Let's look here. Uh, 300, 150, 175, 60, 50, 43, 37. So, yeah, 38 is probably closer to. Okay. Uh, BP 78 by palpation. SPO2 is 98%. So we got a junctional rhythm. Heart rate of 38. You could say junctional bradycardia. It doesn't matter. Um, and um, treatment for this person? 
Yeah, fluids, IV. What about atropine? So it's inter interesting. Atropine is very appropriate for this, but not mentioned. Does that mean it's not indicated? I don't think you would get in trouble for giving atropine. You would not get in trouble for giving atropine. Atropine would be very appropriate for this. Yeah. Okay, let's talk about pediatric bradyarrhythmias. Um, so bradyarrhythmias in kids are most commonly uh, pre-arrest rhythms. Uh, causes include hypoxemia, the most common, excessive vagal stimulation, especially if you're managing their airway. Some, you'll f if you get the chance to go into the OR for pediatric intubations, um, some anesthetists will give atropine prior to intubating them because they know they're prone to vagal stimulation. Um, Toxins and drugs can cause it, congenital heart blocks, uh, previous heart surgery transplants, myocarditis, CNS injury with increased ICP, mm. more likely to see that kids and adults. Uh, those are some of the causes. Most common bradyarrhythmia, sinus bradycardia, sinus arrest, slow junctional, various AV blocks. Uh, watch for narrow complex third degree AV blocks as I mentioned in patient kids with congenital heart defects. Ventricular escape rhythms, much less common. Oh, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> Treatment, IV, IV fluid patch. Fluid if their chest is clear. Oh, if you're running an arrest? Like if the kid's still alive, but yeah. Oh, you're you CPR. Yeah, you're, so you're already doing CPR. I, oh, you're already doing CPR? No, just even. Probably, yeah, I wouldn't worry about atropine. Um, no, I mean, so I think she means like, so like if you're doing, you know, like your symptomatic bradycardia, chest compressions, would it be appropriate to patch to do atropine or pacing in place of doing like chest compressions? Um, so, you want to patch early, number one. Okay. Um, uh, I don't do CPR on a kid, no matter what the heart rate is, unless they're completely unresponsive. And um, they're pre-arrest. They're pushing us yeah. more and more to... Um, the lab staff, yeah. or who? No, our base hospital, our base hospital. Are they? Really pushing us. Yeah. 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 And adults. Like who are hyper Oh, yeah? Yeah. I haven't seen. So, so, yeah. So I haven't seen anything writing from the base hospitals. But um, let's just let's just put it this way: If I went to a CME base hospital CME and someone taught that, I'd say, put it in writing, and I'll and that's what I'll do. Did they put it in writing? No, they didn't. Did they? Yeah. Yeah, in the presentation, not in the directive, did they? Yeah, this is a bullshit thing base hospitals do that really pissed me off. You know. <laughs> 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 well, I forgot to pause, so I might as well say it now. But um, uh, I can tell you that we've had instructions with the base hospital who've taught things incorrectly before, and I've just said, no, I'm not doing that. Sorry. Like, put it in writing, and I'll look at it. I'll give you an example. Wound packing. You know, when we got hemostatic dressings, comes out an accordion pack, 
it's intended to pack the wound with it, right? That's how it works. Um, our instructors from the base hospital came out and said, put it on top of the wound. Like, no, I'm not doing that. Like, like get serious. Like, just read the package. You know, it's for wound packing. That's what it's for. That's what it's designed for. That's how it works. You don't, you don't stop the bleed by putting it on top of the bleed and then addressing on top of that. So, um, you know, what they say makes sense to me, but, uh, uh, you know, a patient who's bradycardic and pre-arrest, sure, I'm going to do chest compressions. But if they are uh, got a heart rate, you know, if i got a kid who's got a heart rate of 30 and they're talking to me, no, I'm not going to do chest compressions. I'm going to patch right away, right, in an order. So um, even if they're talking to me in gibberish, I'm probably going to patch right away and then get directions. Now, the doc says do compressions and set up for pacing. Okay, fine. You know, start compressions. So. Thank you. Yeah. I am not responsible for any disparaging remarks I make about the base hospital <laughs> as <laughs> I'm getting old and demented. 